OMB is preparing for what we're calling the Schumer shutdown. It all really stems from the president, whose inability to clinch a deal has created the Trump shutdown. How nauseating was that whole game all weekend long as everybody tries to get a name to stick? Well, the Schumer shutdown, the Trump shutdown, the Schumer shutdown, the Trump shutdown. We received a very persuasive and uh, well-written email calling it the Obama shutdown. (laughs) I just... It's just, it's just, it's just all so, ah, it's Enough all so. to make your hiney tired. It's all so <laughs> grubby. I mean, we see you working. We can see your thoughts. We understand what you're doing. You're not fooling any of us with this talk, all right? Ugh. Please welcome David Drucker, senior political correspondent for the Washington Examiner. Is that right, David, or a senior congressional correspondent? Um, I just go with senior correspondent, but whatever whatever works. You, you can call it the shutdown correspondent. Shutdown senior correspondent. shutdown correspondent, David Drucker. The Schumer shutdown or the Trump shutdown. Oh boy! So I ruined my weekend shutdown. <laughs> <laughs> so so where are we, sir? And in brief, how did we get here? David, are you there? Oh, you glitched yes. out. We thought I thought perhaps you were offended by the question. We're ignoring it. No, indeed, you just <laughs> dropped out momentarily. So where are we? Uh, the longer it well, look, the longer that this thing goes, the less it becomes about the policies that led us here. The more it just becomes about saving face and preserving your negotiating leverage. And so it's really in everybody's interest to clear this thing up. But I think in in many ways it's more in the Democrats' interest because they're the ones that have instigated this because they want changes to DACA policy. And the longer this goes the less likely it is that Republicans are going to give. And that means the less that Democrats can get. And you do have a March 5th deadline for these dreamers. So um, I I think this is about trying to find a space-saving way out in the Senate. And as long as McConnell, it's something McConnell agrees to, I don't think it's going to be something that the House will outright refuse. And, And you will get Democratic votes then if you get these Democratic votes in the Senate. Well, the the interesting thing is that they both parties agree on so much, especially on the DACA situation. There's nobody saying ship those people out. No, but it's never about that. You know, in 2013, when Republicans shut the government down to get rid of Obamacare, the law was really unpopular. Nobody liked it. But they didn't agree that instigating a shutdown as leverage to do something about it was the right way to do things. And that's what I think Democrats have to be careful of here. Yes, everybody agrees on DACA. I mean, not everybody, but the majority of people, the majority of Republicans in most polls. Um, but the issue is, is a shutdown the right way to leverage changes? Uh, there was a CNN poll that came out late last week that showed that most people believe it is not the way to go about solving the DACA issue. And so, so Democrats have to tread lightly, and they've got some members up in red states and uh, even if this works out for Democrats elsewhere, it's not necessarily going to work out for them. So is there any chance that this is like a low point of something and then we, we start to get better, or are we just continuing down this road of dysfunction? I think it's just the same road. I mean, look, I think until you have a couple, I mean, a couple of things. One, until the voters are more interested in compromise, you're not going to see much of it in Washington. It really starts with them. If the politicians on the Hill thought that their voters wanted them to compromise more, they would do it. They just they want to keep their jobs. They want to deliver what the voters want. Number two, you still have a president who's like you did the previous eight years. Um, and Trump, obviously, in some ways is more so. But you have a president who's polarizing, who hasn't used 
he doesn't really have much political capital to spend, but what he has had, he hasn't really used to try and, and bring both sides together. Obviously, it would be in a Republican-leaning, with Republican-leaning solutions, but he's been fighting with Democrats just as he did during the election. So you just you don't have the personalities, you don't have um, the motivation for Washington to function any differently. Well, one thing that would make it function differently, and the president tweeted about this over the weekend, is changing the rules in the Senate, which the Republicans could, where it only takes 50 votes to do this sort of stuff. Then all of a sudden they'd be able to pull it off. What do you think of that? No, that wouldn't change anything. I mean, all it would do is um, worsen, um, ten- heighten tensions in the Senate even more. I mean, that's what happened after Reid blew up the Senate to remove the 60-vote threshold for executive branch nominees and lower court judges back in 2013, 2014, um, or 2013, I believe it, in one of those years. Uh, Democrats would, would go apoplectic, and then Republicans would have a 51-vote margin, giving more power to their hardliners in their conference, the Rand Pauls, the, the Mike Lees. Nothing wrong with hardline policy. It's not a thing on that. It's just that Republicans would have a hard time corralling 51 votes in any event. And instead of having the Senate function like a, a cooling body the way it was intended, you would just have another glorified version of the House. So it would right. do nothing of the sort. Well, yeah, and, then, and then you live by the sword, die by the sword when it switches to the other party. I mean, and I'm sympathetic yeah. to both those arguments, but this uh, this era of complete uh, obstructionism and dysfunction, it's, this is new. This is not, you know, you talk about the traditional role of the Senate. This is not the traditional activity of the Senate, in my opinion. No, I mean, none of this is traditional, at least for the, you know, for the past 50 years or so. But this is the era we're in, and I still say it starts with voters. All right? These well, guys we're doomed. Go to the floor or, and pull this because they think it's going to get them fired. They think this is going to get them rewarded. And um, it's pretty simple. And he's gone. He's gone. <laughs> that's probably enough of that anyway. That's fine. Hey, uh, be sure to thank Mr. Drucker for us, and well done, David. Thanks. So you're arguing for changing it to 50? Yeah, and make then, it simple majority and, and let them govern. And then if just, they govern well, they'll get reelected. If they govern poorly, they won't. Then man, we'll flip-flop to the other side. God, we're going to swing. They'll radically change the policies of the government for right. an end domestic. For two years. We'll or veer signal. that way. Yeah, maybe for two years. For two to four to six years, and then we'll veer back the other way. Yeah. That seems like a good plan. Sure, why not? God dang it. That worked for like 240 years. What do you want, an eternity? Come on now, let's be realistic. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's just frustrating. It's just it's really frustrating. So, one of the myths that's out there and I promise, next break we are not going to talk about this. At least I'm not going to. Um, I'll finish my thought here. One of the myths that's out here out there and I've said it myself, but it's clearly wrong. You know why you can be a political analyst? Because your thoughts on it are as just as good as anybody else's. <laughs> Mine, the guy who writes for the New York Times, the guy on TV, or anybody's. Because everybody's guessing. I was actually reading about this over the weekend. Uh, one of the great politicians of all time was Bismarck of Germany. Mm. And, uh, and he talked a lot about politics and how it is such an art... And you and 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 even and it's and it's such an art as opposed to a science that you get over like fifty one percent of the time if you're really good at it because there are all kinds of moving pieces and everything like that. Right. So anybody frequently behind the scenes, all the people, columnists, um, uh, campaign directors, they all act like it's a science and that they've figured it out. But you know, it's it's not. Um, 
and and some people have more luck than others, and then you get to claim that you've figured it out. But you're mm-hmm. you're right until you're wrong. Right. So uh, one of the things that people have been saying for a long time now is Republicans got blamed for the 2013 shutdown, and that's why it's such a bad idea if you get blamed for it. Like eight months later, they won one of the biggest landslides they've ever won in this nation's history Mm -hmm. because the base was so thrilled that they shut down the government, thrilled that they stood up to Barack Obama and fought so hard they were willing to shut down the government. So the idea that the Democrats, ooh, Democrats are getting blamed, they got to be scared, they can come back next year, later this year, and have a huge victory because their base is so fired up that they're actually standing up to Trump. So the analysis that, ooh, they're going to get blamed for shutting down the government, who cares? That might be the best thing that ever happened to Democrats. We're all guessing, but yeah. but the idea that if you get blamed for the shutdown, you're in trouble, that's not the recent history. You know, coming off the conference championships in the National League of Football, it, it reminds me very much of, well, you got cable news. It's entire, it's an entire, it is an entire. <laughs> it, mm, uh, um, ha, he, <laughs> It's a whole big old mess of people saying, you know, Jim, the uh, Vikings are down by 50 points, but with their explosive offense, they could come back at any second. So they're just dying to keep you tuned in. Right. So the whole, oh, my God, the Democrats will be blamed and their misfortunes will be manifest. Come to the mid- ah, They just got to have something to say. Right. God, it's all so grubby. It is. It is. Chuck Schumer. God, I can't even look at him. He's such a friggin' liar. Oh. And, uh, okay, so McConnell's kind of full of crap, too. All right, so he is. And if you hate him like I hate uh, Chuck Schumer, you probably hate him like I hate Chuck Schumer. Well, so so, uh, the turtle, uh, what's his name? entire industry. (laughs) McConnell. McConnell. Cartoon turtle. Spoke first Friday night after the government shutdown happened. Which that's a great part of Bateman Alley on the West Coast, because midnight's 9 o'clock, so it wasn't that late. So mm-hmm. they're up there talking to McConnell. First thing he says, well, there people or historians are going to call this the Schumer shutdown. And I thought, well, okay, I, I got to sit around long enough for Schumer <laughs> to talk, because I know what's going to happen. And then, sure enough, of course, Schumer got up a couple minutes later and said, the Trump shutdown. And, okay. So where are we now that you've each come up with those clever names? Can, hey, as long as y'all are in the <laughs> chamber, why don't you vote which one to call it? <laughs> And we'll be done with it. And, and I was watching them walk around talking on C-SPAN, and they're all walking around with smiles on their faces, laughing and everything like that as the government shutdown is nearing. Huh. And so the, uh, the 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 commentators on all the cable news channels are talking about the, the, the you know, Cormac McCarthy's The Road version of the world we're <laughs> right. all going to live in exactly. as soon as midnight hits, while the politicians involved are walking around slapping each other and talking, hey, Jim, what are you doing tomorrow? You want to play some golf? Because they're not worried. <laughs> They're not concerned at all. No, they get their stuff. They get their stuff. It's in the law. Yeah. It's all very maddening. Feed us government. Pamper us government. Wipe our bottoms government. That's Joe. That's Joe from Friday. Huh. That's so, a needy American voter there. So at least I promise not to bring that up again for a while. All right. At least one major airline is cracked down on phony emotional support animals. Finally happened. The backlash has begun. The FBI has said, you know, all those emails we were supposed to preserve of those two agents who were like anti-Trump even when they're investigating. Well, yeah, we, we lost five months worth of them. Uh, we forgot to keep them. We don't, we don't see them anywhere. Sorry about that. Five months worth. And a lot of college students are majoring in perfectionism, according to a new study. All that stuff coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. 
Armstrong and Getty. The voice of the West. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We did do a cognitive exam at the president's request, and he passed it with flying colors, almost no hints. The president has bragged about scoring higher on that test than any other president. Is that true? In fairness, no other president has been given this exam. Uh, We typically only use it to make sure someone's not severely brain damaged or a monkey in people clothes. Wow. From Saturday Night Live. Wow. Wow. That is really disrespectful. <laughs> a monkey in people clothes indeed. Oh, boy. Speaking of uh, animal life, they, well, the lead from this article from the uh, San Francisco Chironicle uh, poses the question, have you noticed an increasing number of airline passengers Accompanied by a dog or oh, another I, critter. I hadn't noticed that. Well, it, the there are more. Yes. There are more dogs on planes and in airports now. I had. <laughs> yes, everybody's noticed that. Yes, thank you for that intriguing question. Yes, every college girl in the airport has her dog with her, and uh, mine would be next in line were it not for what you're about to hear. Little D would love to fly with Baxter. Uh, non-service dogs are known as emotional support animals. Yeah. ESAs. Under a federal law called the Air Carrier Access Act, they have just as much right to fly with their owners as a service animal does. Well, that's stupid. <laughs> Why? 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 Because you got a bunch of freaking animals on an airplane. Things are going to get nutty. Answers, everybody. Right? Obvious to everyone at the outset. Well, Jack, the current policy is going to have to be trained. You know why? Changed. You know why? Because with so many animals on an airplane, things are starting to get nutty. <sighs> However, <clears throat> critics say that passengers sometimes claim their dog is an emotional support animal just so they can bring it into the cabin free of charge. You're essing me. <laughs> I would not. I s you not. <laughs> That's right. There's no FCC because the government shut down, so we can drop an S bomb if we want. <laughs> But we're not going to. You know why? You know why? Here's a hint. Here's a hint. I'm going to take a sip of coffee. With your finger out. With my pinky out. That's right. You caught on. I'm classy Um, is why. So you're telling me some of these people are just bringing their dogs on the plane because they want to bring their dog with them. Right. Not because they really need it. And they mention it. They mention that uh, because with a dog, they can snag a bulkhead or aisle seat. And because they don't want it to travel in a crate in the baggage hold. Uh, I will say, in the defense of those people, putting your dog in a crate in a baggage hole, uh, hold may kill it. You will end up with a shepherd sickle. Yeah, you will end up with a frozen or heat-killed dog oh, that's or, worse. or battered or whatever. Don't do that. Well, it's not an option. I can I, I get why you'd rather bring your dog with you than leave it at home and pay a sitter or or the other options. But sure, me too. It turns out, you see, everybody would do that. And next thing you know, you got like 200 dogs on the plane. Delta Airlines had to be too many. Oh, my God, it's a dog park. Delta Airlines now cracking down on emotional support and service animals, citing, quote, a lack of regulation that has led to serious safety risks involving untrained animals in flight. Why does it take so long to catch up to what everybody knows? 
The air because they just they need enough wind in their sails that 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 the whiners and activists won't be able to to damage them. The airline said it carries about seven hundred service or emotional support animals every day, and since twenty sixteen, it's seen an eighty four percent jump in quote animal incidents, including urination slash defecation. That's biting, one category, right? Biting. Even a widely reported attack by a 70-pound dog that bit a passenger in the face. You know, if I'm ever arrested, Jack, it's probably going to be for a quote-unquote animal incident. You know, if I ever lose it, that's where I'm going. The airline notes that the emotional support needs of some passengers for animal companionship can be (laughs) pretty far out there. And I'm quoting now from Delta. Customers have attempted to fly with comfort turkeys. Gliding possums, known as sugar gliders. Sugar glider. (laughs) What's up, sugar glider? (laughs) Snakes, spiders, and more. Well, go ahead and list the more. We're not that busy, Delta. What else have you seen? Uh, A gliding possum? Is that like a a flying squirrel spreads its uh, legs out and it's got extra skin? So did somebody do that as a joke, or did they actually have a possum that is their uh, comfort animal? There have been a couple of people who've brought truly ridiculous animals onto planes, I think, as a statement. Yeah, just make a point. I love those people. Mm -hmm. I believe there was a miniature horse not too long ago on some flight. It's my support horse. Uh, well, you can currently go to whatever website, pay your $200, get a certificate that says you have anxiety. Right. Get some medical marijuana and bring your Nigerian dwarf goat on the plane. The two of you get high and uh, enjoy your flight. Uh, let's see. So starting March 1, Delta will impose new rules on in-cabin service and emotional sport animals. I'll bet the others sign on to this, too. They'll still fly for free in accordance with federal law, but owners will be required to show proof of health or vaccinations 48 hours in advance of their flight. Just so, so they're Is not, that just adding a hoop? Yeah. Because you're doing it for convenience. Yeah, they're not eliminating it. That, that's not going to help with the, the fake paperwork that people get. They're just making it a little more difficult. In addition to the current requirements, the letter prepared and signed by a doctor professional... Licensed mental health professionals, those with psychiatric service animals and emotional support animals, will also need to provide a signed document confirming that their animal can behave. You know, th- this is one of those the, the, the lawyers are ruining America things where, you know what, if you've, if you've got anxiety to the level that you can't fly without an animal, you might not be able to fly. You might have to take buses and trains and stuff like that. Because you can't have everybody with anxiety bringing their pets on a plane. God, I've got to get an anxiety cow. 1,200 pounds. Full-sized head of cattle. That'd be great. <laughs> Drag that thing under the blade. <laughs> we need you to put the bell through the metal detector, sir. Yeah. It's okay, Bessie. It's okay, Bessie. We're in row 14, Bessie. Uh, what's coming up your news, Marshall? Well, just ahead of this morning's vote and the budget standoff, Trump launching another Twitter tirade. And adolescence, it turns out, begins a lot earlier and is lasting a lot longer these days. Stories coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. Now, your cow's pre-check. He can leave the bell on. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. You know how the top guy over there in France, Macron, the dude that's married to the old lady? Sure, handsome little fella. Uh, married to an old lady. The full story on how that came to be is out, and it's shocking. Oh, the, the him being uh, married to that older gal. It's full-on one of those stories that you read about in the New York Post in America 
where a much older woman is sexing up one of her kids. Oh. Except in this case, they end up married, and he's the leader of France. It's the Mary Kay Letourneau thing, huh? Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah, and her she's I'll married, and she had a hu- her husband, and found out about it, and the whole thing. Yeah. So details wow. in that coming up. It's pretty entertaining. How do you find out your your wife is cheating on you with a boy? That'd be weird. <laughs> <You think? laughs> That'd be a little hurtful. <laughs> you think? Oh. Uh, so stay tuned. All that I know a whole bunch of good texts about the um, service animals on planes. Everybody's bringing their animal on the plane now. Finally, the backlash has begun. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, President Trump is again pointing the finger at Democrats as the government goes into day three of his shutdown. Trump tweeting this morning, Democrats have shut down our government in the interests of their far left base. They don't want to do it, but are powerless. Not good. A vote to reopen the government scheduled for 9 o'clock this morning, West Coast time. Sad. It would provide three weeks of government funding. Now, over the weekend. I don't know how you watch all this and don't come away just feeling like, all of it is worse than you even thought. Right. Maybe you're a partisan enough that you, you see one side is doing it all right and the other's doing it all wrong. Maybe you are. I, I didn't come away that way. Well, and there is, I have heard no dissenting voices from the military um, against this. The fact that all these jerky, herky-jerky, continuing resolutions, non-long-term funding, et cetera, et cetera, is really screwing with our readiness. It is bad for the military. Um, and I believe that. This is no way to run a country. Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer claimed the solution to the standoff lies with the president. He was complaining about Trump. Schumer saying the president seemed to agree to deals, then later changed his mind. Negotiating with President Trump is like negotiating with Jell-O. Washington Post columnist Ruth Marcus was on Face the Nation, said the much-quoted remark by Schumer about negotiating with the president may actually not be fair to Jell-O. Senator Schumer said negotiating with him was like uh, negotiating with Jell-O. I've made a Jell-O mold or two in my day, and I'd like to say, I think that's unfair to Jell-O, because Jell-O, once it sets, keeps its shape. <laughs> there you go. Well, Jack explained like this Jell-O. earlier. I like Jell-O. You like Jell-O? I, I, yeah, I yeah. do. There's but- not much to it. Well, it's it's ground-up animal hoof. It's yeah. not very filling. No, but it's good. We, you get with the fruit in it. You like it like that? I sure mm. do. I like it completely empty. What? No, you gotta have the fruit in it. Jello purist. You have a flavor you prefer? Red. I like, I like the red Jello too. The red's good. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's cherry or water, but it's red. Then it, it's delicious. Red the flavor is red. You know, I might have ask, ask the wife if we got any of that at home. That that die inside me is probably doing terrible <laughs> things from my childhood. But no, Jack explained this earlier. The, the Jello, my ass, Ruth Marcus. You should shut up. That Schumer said, "Yeah, we'll uh, we'll authorize the wall." But Trump didn't realize that doesn't mean anything unless you appropriate the funds. It's meaningless. And so, yeah, his people pulled him aside and said, "Did he say he'll appropriate the wall?" Right. No. Well, then you, they, they, he didn't do anything. And oh, so Schumer okay. says, oh, it's like negotiating with Jell-O. Have we traded gray, not even alive, soulless just the character from Harry Potter, once again, Harry Reid, for Chuck Schumer? Democrats, give us somebody with a pulse, a little personality. Yeah, I know Mitch McConnell. I know it kind of weakens my position. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> Vice President Pence says the U.S. will be opening its embassy in Jerusalem before the end of next year. He's in Jerusalem right now. He was saying he's honored to be in Israel's capital. His comments reflecting the White House's 
recent decision to recognize the city as the capital of Israel. And everybody pretends all sorts of outrage. He's going to speak to the parliament. Did you know that? Yep. And then the various ministers and that sort of thing. You know what city he's going to do that in? Here's a hint. It's the city where the Israeli government is. Jerusalem. The capital. Duh. Traffic moving again on California's Highway 101 in Montecito after being closed for two weeks because of the deadly mudslides. They finally got it fully reopened yesterday. Wow, yeah, that had to be a hell of an undertaking. And adolescents now last from the ages of 10 to 24. Adolescents used to be the awkward state everybody goes through, uh, you know, right around 12 or 13. But now scientists say it's gonna it's lasting far longer. Royal children... Physically, we're not talking... Uh, lifestyle or culture we're just physically and culture mm. and and just as far as uh, being prepared for adulthood right is what they're saying well, look around you i think that's pretty clearly true royal children's hospital researchers in uh, uh, australia say the definition of adolescence uh, should now be expanded to include people ages 10 to 24 researchers say although many adult legal privileges start at age 18 we got to rethink that the yes The adoption of adult roles and responsibilities generally occurs later. They are saying we should start letting uh, people be uh, act as adults or legally act as adults at age 20. I don't want adolescents voting, for instance. I don't want a child's view of the country holding sway at the ballot box. Probably worth noticing or or noting that a number of uh, left-wing advocates have tried to raise or lower the voting age to 16. It's really easy to grab children with emotional arguments and get them to vote. Yeah, I say you got to be 25 to vote, maybe 30. You, you picture like your parents coming back to this generation and right. talking to the average 24-year-old. Says, what do you want to do tomorrow? Well, I, I got to go to work. I'm going to get my kids to school. I'm going to go to work. You don't want to come over and play video games? No, I have. What? My wife would be really unhappy if I played video right. games and my kids have to get to school, so. That's, right. So that's how much it's changed, right? Right. Yeah. You're, you're married with kids, dude. Yeah, my kids are three and two. Exactly. And I just got promoted at work, so <laughs> yeah. I'm on the way. Yeah. Hey, congratulations! Of course, I'm also going to have a heart attack at age 52. <laughs> so anyway, congratulations, singer Ed Sheeran's getting married. He announced yesterday he and his longtime girlfriend Cherry Seaborn are now engaged. And the most interesting thing is, he says if he has kids, when he has kids, which he wants to do soon, he's quitting the music business, which the music industry can't be happy about because mm. he sells a lot of records. Indeed, he does. Yeah, he said, "I got myself a fiance just before New Year. We are happy and in love, and our cats are chuffed as well." Wow, chuffed cats. Happy for them. Very pleased cats. And anyway, the woman he's marrying is an accountant. Good move. (laughs) Marry an accountant. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, he he, he parties pretty hard. You can see him going the road of he's marrying a stripper or something, and so he's marrying an accountant. So another rock star accountant marriage. What a cliche. (laughs) He knows her from, they went to the same high school together. Good, also a good move. Yeah, she... Knew you before you were famous. Yeah, but he was awkward teenager. She had a different boyfriend at the time, so this is the really cool kind of, oh, by the way, Uh, I'm a millionaire rock star now. Would you like... Oh, no. They didn't date until he invited her to Taylor Swift's 4th of July party, which is a strong move. Yeah, it's the opposite of what we thought. It's the opposite. It's actually the girl he couldn't get in high school. He's still obsessed. Now he's landed her. Good luck, sir. To be fair, I believe Ed Sheeran would agree with me. That would have been all women in high school the way that he describes himself Uh, as just kind of the awkward musician. He was a geeky, chubby, you know, a music geek. Right. And uh, she had no interest in him. And so he comes back years later and says, so do you want to... 
go to Taylor Swift's Fourth of July party with me. We can get on my plane and go. And that works. Why, yes, I would like that. <laughs> and she is an accountant in love. Will, uh, I'm sure, prepare their prenup. After news, I'm Marshall Phillips in the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. Uh, speaking of marriage, you want to tell you about the uh, the uh, top guy there in France, how he came to be married to the uh, old woman he's married to. It's just an interesting story. I'm surprised it's just being told now. Went back and interviewed some classmates about that. Also, got a lot of texts about the airlines finally starting to crack down on all these comfort animals. And the already beleaguered FBI has admitted they lost months' worth of texts between those two uh, agent lovers who are pro-Clinton, anti-Trump. They lost them? And they, uh, well, we, we meant to keep them. We, uh, we got five months missing. What are you going to do? Oh, boy. Yikes. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Voice of the West. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Text on the text line, which is a perfect place for them. 415-295-KFTC. Number of people chiming in on the raising the age in which we uh, call people an adult. That is something we might have to actually figure out. There'd be tremendous resistance to the voting age thing because that's a lot of voters, particularly for one party. Yeah. So I can understand why you'd argue against that. But um, if, if, if it becomes more and more clear, both scientifically and certainly culturally... That you're not an adult until you're, well, let's say, 21. At you know, on the certainly cl- better than 18. Yeah. Um, then how do you continue to function the way we're functioning? Well, it gets complicated. We've all been oh, yeah. through these arguments. I can serve in the military, but I can't vote. That one's tough to argue with. Yeah, you might have to change that too. I think you'd have to change that too if you're gonna mm. you're gonna make that argument. And the military wouldn't like that. Nope. Um, how about uh, booting out foster kids at 18? Is that too young? Yeah, if you're not an adult. Well, that's, Absolutely. that system's a nightmare. Yes, Sean? Yeah. Well, I, I am fully in favor of kids are staying kids. You know, I, I, I watch comic book movies. You know, that's uh, feel free to make fun of me for those things. But I, I do want to do. <laughs> highlight that they're, the barriers to entry for adulthood have never been steeper. Right? Like, the, the, there was this funny tweet that went around a while ago. It's like, yeah, these entitled millennials, all the previous generation got was a loft in New York for $50,000. Right? Like, that. my I'd um, relatives tell me how they would, when they were in their 20s, they, they would work part-time jobs and they would do a, a, a restaurant shift for a weekend and that was their rent. That seems insane to me. It takes so much, the percentage of my paycheck that goes to living expenses is far beyond that of previous generations, at least it seems. Hmm. Uh, yeah, a lot of people say that. Um... Why are we allowing children to vote? Voting age should be 25. On the other end, I don't. this person said, I don't want 70-year-olds voting. I don't want their view and judgment deciding how things are run. So, you know, the young people would, would no. fight back against that. So this is anti-oldsterism. We got this text. Lime is great, too. People weighing in on the jello flavors. <laughs> Lime is strong. <laughs> Thank you so for maybe that. We'll keep that voting open uh, longer. Uh, on the comfort animal thing, in one airline, at least Delta's saying, okay, that's enough. we we got to put some rules in place because everybody's bringing their animals along. Um, how about if I bring on a literal drug mule? That's <laughs> pretty funny. No <laughs> drugs on him now, but he's my right. drug mule, so right. I'm going to need him in the future. Yeah. Um, flying unarmed makes me anxious. Why can't I fly with my comfort gun? Hmm. 
I asked my wife to sign me up as her comfort animal for free flights, but she balked. That's a good one. My wife gets anxious without me. Put me on a leash, I fly for free. Sure. I'll lay down in the aisle. I'll try not to poop on the carpet. At what age did you discover liking being on a leash, sir? (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful. I was reminded of the uh, 70-pound hog U.S. Airways threw off a flight not too long ago. Some chick in uh, Boston tries to get on the... uh, the flight with a, a dang hog. This text, I just flew to San Diego last week where a large dog pooped on the plane and it was an unpleasant experience for the flight. I don't I'll, doubt I'm that. sure it was. Why? <laughs> oh, it was unpleasant that a big dog took a big dump on your plane. That's, I'm sure it was. My granddaughter can't take a thin layer of peanut butter between two crackers to school in fear of one student being allergic, but I have to tolerate three to six dogs in a cabin or cats or whatever. All kinds of allergies for that sort of thing. Right. Usually not life-threatening allergies, but no. you know, if you're sneezing and eyes watering the whole time, it's not yeah. that enjoyable. And there have been a couple of people tossed off the flight because uh, they said, look, I got a terrible allergy. I can't ride with this here dog, and, and the dog won. This from an ADA expert. Miniature horses are as legal as seeing eye dogs. That's the law. Mm. If you get it registered as a comfort pet. How about my, my comfort cow, Bessie? Milker. Everybody, offer everybody on the flight a nice frothy glass of fresh milk. Who wants fresh milk? And I mean fresh. Right <laughs> from this here teat. Who's it? Never mind the drink service. I got fresh milk here. Oh, that's thank a good girl, that. Bessie. Thank you for that mooing sound. Bessie, I'm going to. I'm going to go visit the lavatory in the back of the plane. You you relax. Here. How much time have I got, Michael? About four months. <laughs> awesome. Uh, we got three minutes. Here. Oh, I have plenty of time. So, you know, Emmanuel Macron, top guy there in France, got elected. Sure. Interesting story. Oh, kind, yeah. Kind of Trumpish in that he wasn't a member of any party, really, that uh, it just that people just wanted something different. Made up his own. But one of the interesting things about him is, is uh, you see him as a couple much older wife. When Emmanuel Macron's parents found out that he had fallen in love with his drama teacher in 1994, they were desperate to avoid scandal and packed him off to a a private high school in Paris, but they continued to date each other, even from afar. It only intensified the passion. He was 16, she was 41. Mm. This is the exact kind of story we have in the news all the time, and you see their mug shots, and we talk about charging them with sex crimes. And how they all look the same. Uh, yeah. yeah. 41 and 16. Yeah. That's uh, no good. Yeah. When she met Macron at the private Jesuit-run high school where she worked as a literature and drama teacher, she seemed happily married to her banker husband with whom she was raising three children. She was one of those popular teachers at the local high school. I'll and bet. Invited her students for cocktails at her home. Boy, there's a difference between Europe and the United <laughs> States. Inviting your high school students for cocktails at your home. Well, if anybody did that in the States, you'd assume they were grooming them for being sexed up. Yeah, and then she did sex one up. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> she grew fond of Macron when he was 14, one of her best drama students. So and she was only 39. So in 39 and 14, that's when right. she fell for him. Barely post-adolescent. Anyway. Back, back you know. The old-timey adolescent. Uh, like happens in these stories in the United States. Students started to, 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 to notice things were going on. Then one student saw them holding hands, walking along the river. The whole story broke. She was confronted on it. Um, there was a whiff of scandal. Um, her husband, they went through a divorce that took a long time. He left town with the kids and has never been seen again, said a neighbor of the family. Mm. He's never come back to town. 
Uh, yeah, that's because your your wife, uh, who's raising your kids, took off with a child. Cocolded by a lad. Started sexing up a child and yeah. decided she was in love with him. So, yeah, you kind of try to stay away. It's from not that. your fault, brother. It's really not. But, yes, you have been humiliated. Uh, her husband took the news of his wife's infatuation with the with the child like a slap in the face, said one uh, acquaintance. Particularly since their daughter Kicking was a junk more since like. their daughter was a classmate of Macron's. Ah! So yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Isn't that something? Wow, I'm flipping that around and thinking about you know my daughter and her friends and others. Oh Lord. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, in the abstract, it's bad. If you think about specific people of those ages and those relationships and everything, it's way out of line. And yet, he is the president of France. Yeah. They have a different view. a successful one thus far. They have a different view of those sorts of things. Definitely in France. They have basically no laws for for age of consent and everything like that that that, that are um, prosecuted. Mm. Uh, Could you get elected president of the United States? You know, I used to think I knew the answer to that sort of question, but I don't don't anymore, really. Yeah, no kidding. Got to vote for lemon jello. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.